0: The following podcast is a Simpranto Media production. She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away podcast.
1: Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And we have Ben Azadi here on our podcast and he is a keto expert but also an intermittent fasting expert. So we're going to be talking about how intermittent fasting and keto just work hand in hand. And he Ben is actually from Iran and a lot of you guys don't know this cuz I don't tell anyone this, but actually my dad is from Iran. And the reason why I don't tell people is because I feel like like I'm Christian and so like people are like oh you're Iranian like you're a terrorist, you know, it's just kind of that kind of like you know connotation that some people have so i just kind of don't even tell people very often but the funny thing is i actually i'm i was actually born in iran and my name when i was born was angela panahinia and then my mom when i was 12 10, i think i was 10 years old she actually Um, went to go get a tarot card reading, and the lady said, you need to change your name and your kid's name to, my name was Chantelle covese Voshan. so my name was actually Angela Panahinia on my birth certificate, and then, I mean, isn't that crazy? And then she became a Christian and, but anyway, bottom line is my new name, but anytime I get like wild at a party, like everyone will be like, Ooh, Angela's coming out, you know? So it's kind of funny, but anyway, Ben, tell listeners a little bit about you and what got you into the keto camp.
0: Yeah, super cool. I'm glad that you shared that. And uh, we were just talking offline about that to give you a, an example as well. My first name and last name is totally different than what it is here, right? So on my birth certificate, it says Behrouz Azadi. Here, it's Ben Azadi. So I have a similar story to you. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm the founder of Keto Camp, uh, bestselling author of three books. And our mission at Keto Camp is to educate and to inspire 1 billion people on planet Earth to cut through all the noise out there in the health space when it comes to keto and fasting and health in general. And we, we specialize on these ancient healing strategies, one of them being fasting. Uh, Fasting is actually my favorite tool in the shed. So we have a podcast, a YouTube channel, and we're just dedicated to just getting this information out there. That's why I'm so grateful to be on your platform today.
1: Awesome. Well, so you have a, don't you have a book called The Intermittent Fasting Cheat Sheet? Is that right?
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: Okay. So give us some tips that you give in there. Like what, what would you say are some of the biggest tips that you'd say? Give us three big tips from that book.
0: Yeah. I would say under, number one would be understanding the delicate balance between two pathways in the body, autophagy and mTOR. And I'm sure you've spoken about these pathways, but I'll, I'll break it down either way mTOR is that anabolic growth pathway so whenever i'm teaching mTOR to clients or on my youtube channel i always say when you think of mTOR think of bodybuilders think of arnold schwarzenegger it's growth it's not a bad thing it's actually very healing in small bursts it's only a bad thing when you are an mTOR all the time meaning you're not fasting you're eating every two to three hours you're this constant sugar burner then it's an issue because then you have these these cells that are damaged, and they start duplicating and replicating, leading to disease. So if you want to age faster than anybody you know, stay in mTOR, eat every two to three hours. That's when it becomes an issue. The opposite of mTOR is this amazing process called autophagy. And the Greek definition of autophagy is eat thyself. The body is so stinking smart. It is the world's greatest healer that we have within the human body that when you don't have food, you're not eating food energy, the body needs to get energy from somewhere. So we have this innate intelligence within us that actually looks for damaged senescent cells, damaged uh, mitochondria and proteins. And the analogy that I like to share is that think of the refrigerator that we have inside of the kitchen right now. We open the fridge and we have groceries that all have an expiration date. What will happen if we let all those groceries inside the fridge expire, but instead of the instead of throwing them into the trash, we kind of just buy new groceries, put them in front of the old ones, close the door. It's going to be disease, mold, bacteria. It's going to be a toxic environment. Well, the human body is like this refrigerator. We have cells and proteins that need to be thrown out, recycled. And autophagy is that process. So we have 70 trillion cells in the body and 70 billion of them need to be recycled and regenerated every single day. So that's what autophagy does. And you activate autophagy during a fast. The body is so smart. So it'll look for these cells. Think of Pac-Man going within your cells, cleaning out the junk. And when the body, when the innate intelligence has determined that a cell cannot be recycled, that cannot be regenerated it is this senescent zombie cell, then it signals something called apoptosis, which is programmed cell death, cell suicide. And then it signals a healthy stem cell. So we get free stem cells through fasting. So the question is, don't we want to get all the autophagy we can get? Then the answer is no, because if we do too much fasting, the body will need to get energy from somewhere. So once it's done eating all the bad stuff, it'll actually go for the good stuff and it could weaken the immune system. You could lose hard-earned muscle eventually. So there's a delicate balance between mTOR and autophagy. So the first tip is finding a fasting schedule that gives you that balance so when you're eating you're feasting you're activating mTOR and then when you're not eating you're fasting so that's the first uh, step right there the the second tip is to understand that fasting is like a muscle we want to develop it over time we wouldn't just do a crossfit workout after being a couch potato for 10 years it'll look ugly we'll hurt ourselves so fasting is like a chainsaw it's a very powerful tool that could get the job done if you know how to use it. So more important than the tool is the person who wields that tool. So there's no such thing as a failed fast. If you go 14 hours and you just can't go any longer, well, congratulations, that is a success. You build and work your way up. So that's the second tip. Build that muscle uh, every single time. Do a little bit longer if you want, but it's not something you go right into and just do a five-day fast. We wanna work that muscle. The third tip is going to be Breaking the fast, let's talk about that. I see a lot of people um, do a lot of, negate a lot of the benefits from a fast with the way that they break it. So there are two ways to break a fast. Well, I'm gonna talk about the worst way to break a fast, which is going to be a combination of carbohydrates and fat. We don't wanna break our fast with a combination of carbohydrates and fat, because when we are ending a fast, whether it is 18 hours, 24 hours, or even longer, our hormones are sensitive, which is great. One of those hormones is insulin. So for example, if we break our 24 hour fast with, uh, let's say avocado toast, you have a combination of fat and carbs, the bread is going to spike glucose and your, your hormones are very sensitive. So insulin will grab the glucose and take it to your cells, unlock your cells and do a really good job at delivering the glucose into the cells. But when you have fat with that meal, the fat goes along for the ride and it'll slow down fat loss and you won't get the maximum benefit from the fast. So the best way to break a fast, if you want to accelerate fat burning and get a little bit more autophagy is more protein and more fat. That is what I like to do. So like a bone broth or eggs and avocado. Uh, So those are my three tips for you, Chantel.
1: Okay. So let's dive into there real quick about what I want to dive into the, what, what's the best thing to eat when breaking your fast, because that is a huge question that people ask. And, and to me, it really depends on a, how long you've been going for a fast, right? Because if you're doing a, you know, 48 hour fast, you're doing a three day fast, there's a difference in, you know, what you're going to eat then versus what you're going to eat if you're just in, you know, you're doing an eight hour eating window or, you know, you've just done a 20 hour fast. So let's talk about that. Let's just say someone is like, give us some more things of what, like how much protein versus fat that someone's going to eat. They're just, let's say that someone's just doing an eating an eight hour window. They're doing 12 to eight every day. It's twelve o'clock. What are some things you're saying these are great things to eat when you're d- breaking that fast?
0: Yeah, and you're absolutely correct. If you're doing more of an extended block fast, three or more days, there are even more considerations. But we'll talk about the person who's doing like a 16.8 or an 18.6. Um, yeah, you want to, I'll give you some examples. I'm not really a big fan of like tracking the macros and the calories at all. Uh, I'm not a, I think the body it is not a, a bank account. So uh, we're much more complex. But here are some examples like a piece of steak, a lean protein with some fat. So cooked in olive oil is great, or an egg on top is great. Bone broth is one of my favorite ways to break a fast. Uh, I use high quality bone broth. It also has other benefits to it. I like eggs and avocado, like I mentioned earlier, or a protein shake, like a fatty keto protein shake. But the goal is to have most of it be consisted of protein and fat, with minimal carbs, and uh, that will lead you to more fat loss and more benefits, and it'll make you easier to go right back into your fast when you do so.
1: I don't know about you guys, but I've been doing a ton of cooking lately, and I've been having so many new recipes. Go to ChantelRayWay.com slash free recipes to get the best kale dressing recipe you'll ever have, the dairy-free artichoke dip that you will love for completely free. I also want to give you my entire free smoothie book that has the best smoothies, One of the things that can help you lose weight is just to replace one of your meals with an amazing smoothie. So if you're eating two meals, just make one of them a smoothie. You can get my free amazing recipe book at chantelrayway.com slash free recipe. And our protein shakes are amazing as well. And right now they're 30% off. Go to chantelrayway.com, click on store, and use podcast for the 30% off your protein shake. Let's say that it's 12 o'clock. Let's say someone's doing 12 to 6. And so it's 12 o'clock what would you eat first? Like if you were going to have bone broth, so let's just say you were having bone broth, that's not all you're going to eat for lunch. So you're saying, okay, I'm going to have a, a cup of bone broth and then I'm going to wait 15 minutes or what, what would be the next step for that?
0: Yeah. If we're going to talk about the like optimal way to do it, then yeah, you would have your bone broth ideally. And then you would probably wait an hour and then you would have uh, like a fatty salad. I'll give you an example. So a big bowl with arugula or dandelion green, or, or yeah, dandelion greens, or whatever your favorite greens are, with some avocados and some olive oil, so a big fatty salad, and then a piece of protein on top, like a, a wild cut fish or something like that. That could be a great routine for somebody. So bone broth to break it, wait an hour, and then have a, a, another big meal. That could also be a piece of steak after an hour with uh, egg on top with some broccoli, something like that would be beneficial as well.
1: Okay, so what? I'm hearing you say is if someone, let's say someone's eating in a 12 12 to six eating window and they're eating two meals. So they're eating one at 12 and let's say they're eating another at 5.30. And then you would say like at 12 o'clock, you would suggest them eating, let's say that they wanna have some car, you know, they wanna have some sweet potatoes and some pasta or something at one of their meals. So you're just saying at the 12 o'clock meal, you would say eat your higher fat and your higher protein. And then if you were going to have sweet potatoes, or you were going to have a little bit of uh, pasta or more carbs, have that at your second meal?
0: Yeah, that would be ideal. You could also have your sweet potato if you choose or a carb, healthy carbs to break the fast, but just don't have a lot of fat with it because the fat with it is the bad, is the, the issue there with the slowing down of the fat loss. So yeah, you could have the sweet potato and the carbs to break the fast with less fat, maybe some lean protein with it, or you could do what you just said, Chantel, and have the protein, uh, the carbohydrates for the latter meal.
1: Got it. Okay. So let's talk about one of the things people don't realize is that fasting is a form of ketosis. Cause sometimes people, the one thing that I realize is they're like, when you say the word keto, they think keto diet. That's all they think of. So they think fasting is over here and keto is over here. And they really get confused about that. So can you kind of clarify the difference between keto and fasting and how it kind of goes hand in hand together?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I see the same thing, Chantel. Well, keto and fasting are are very similar in, in many ways. And a lot of people say, oh, the keto diet is a fad uh intermittent fasting is a fad it's just trending but it's going to go away soon i don't think so because when you look back at history 2.5 million years since humans have been around they've been fasting since day one and they've been in ketosis because they've been fasting since day one so 2.5 million years this is not going away anytime soon keto and fasting are not fads they're facts And a lot of people have this misconception that, okay, I'm going to do keto. I'm going to eat a whole bunch of fat. I'm going to eat a whole bunch of protein and bacon and cheese to get into ketosis. That's not really how it works. You get, if you want to achieve ketosis, the fastest and most efficient way is to do it with intermittent fasting because it's really about bringing your carbohydrates, uh, carbohydrates low enough Now your body can start tapping into your fat stores. Keto and fasting are the perfect pairing because they both keep your glucose and insulin low. They both help your body start tapping into fat and burning your fat stores for fuel. So the way that I teach it, I have a four pillar approach that I teach to the members of my Keto Camp Academy the first 14 to 21 days, I teach the members to get keto adapted, to start utilizing fat instead of sugar, and then we start pairing intermittent fasting, and it's such a one-two punch that goes together very well, and they don't have to be separate. They could go and mesh well um, brilliantly. It's a great, great pairing right there. So that's the huge misconception is that they think it's different, but it's really similar. You just bring your carbs low enough, you practice fasting, your body taps into fat stores, you produce ketones.
1: Awesome. Now I want you to talk about mTOR. And by the way, when, when, if you're listening to this, mTOR is spelled capital M-T-O-R. And we talk about autophagy all the time on the show. So I don't want to dig too far into autophagy because we talk about it a lot. But we don't talk about mTOR a lot. So I want you to really expand on that and explain again what it is and try to give us some real practical examples of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So mTOR stands for mechanistic target of rapamycin. And like I said earlier, it just signals anabolic growth in the body. Those who are under the age of 18, they need more mTOR. They need more growth. They're still growing bodies. Those over the age of 65 need more mTOR. They need more protein. So protein signals mTOR. Carbohydrates and calories signal mTOR. Um, and what it does, it could be very healing when you have it in short burst. So it is the counterbalancing act to autophagy. When we look at the human body, we have 70 trillion cells. Like I said earlier, every cell is designed for these feast famine cycles. We are hardwired for the old school. So we, when we start mimicking the way it was for our ancestors for so many years, the body will start to heal and the body will achieve perfect health so one of those ways is to get this proper balance of mTOR and autophagy so that means when you're eating it's important to eat until full uh develop this relationship this intuition with the body with the body to know that you're full you st- you stop eating you're going to have plenty of protein uh to signal mTOR in fact i actually dedicate one day per week where i teach the members of my academy to do no fasting. you know, If you've gone through all the pillars, let's have what I call a flex day where we do mTOR all day. And it could be with high carbohydrates, healthy carbs to even get out of ketosis, or it could be with high protein. Both will signal mTOR. And what that will do will give you that nice balance of mTOR and then you go right back into fasting and then you go right back into the autophagy which is more catabolic so if you could master that which is by the way unique for every single person you have to kind of figure your schedule out but the mTOR can be great for workouts the mTOR could be great for energy levels the great mTOR could be great for those who are older the age of 65 who need more protein so uh it's 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 a great tool in the shed
1: Yes, yeah, so I want to talk a little bit about some flexible fasting because I liked what you just said and having that flex day. Because it's so funny because when we see people who are stuck, let's say that every day they're just fasting from 12 to 6, they're doing the same thing, or, you know, they might be doing one meal a day, and they're just doing that same thing, and they have lost a lot of weight, and then they just plateau. And then they're like, I'm in a rut. And so I, I'll give you a couple of ours that really worked well but example maybe someone would eat in a you know eight hour window or a 10 hour window on sunday then do another 24 hour fast and then lose weight but like adding that one flex day seems to kind of catapult can you talk about that at all
0: i agree with you exactly because when we look at for example great coaches and great personal trainers like fitness coaches and personal trainers what do they always do? They're always changing up their client's workouts to keep the body guessing and to keep them to continue getting results. If somebody has, hits a plateau with their workout, you change your workout and you get results. It's the same thing with our keto and our fasting schedule. So if, you are, if you've been doing the same 16-8 16-8, and you're plateaued, like Chantal just said, throwing in a 24-hour fast could be huge. Maybe you're doing too much fasting and you've been doing OMAD for a very long time Maybe it's time to have a flex day where you do no fasting. You have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. High healthy carbs, high um, protein, and you actually activate the mTOR. It's the change, it's the adaptation that is magic here. It's more more important than what you're changing to, is actually the change itself. So when you create this adaptation, the good cells in your body they get stronger, and the bad cells do not adapt. So your mitochondria that are good become stronger mitochondria. Your mitochondria that are weak that cannot burn fat anymore, your body gets rid of them. But it's the adaptation that creates this. So adaptation is king. Adaptation is what rules here. And when you have a flex day, that's what happens in the body.
1: Yeah. And I want to talk a little bit about keto for just a second. And I'll tell you my opinion. So I I don't eat a A really high carb diet. I try to eat, you know, pretty low carb. I'm not eating massive amounts of carbs. But when I want them, I definitely have them and I don't deprive myself because one of the things I've seen people do with the keto is they do keto, 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 strict, strict keto. They lose all this weight. And then they just get into this binge session where they like, you know, massively binge because they've deprived themselves. And I'm really big on not depriving myself because I believe for me, anytime I've deprived myself, I get crazy. But I also know that me eating too many carbs, it's like carbs upon carbs upon carbs upon sugar. It's like this, all I want is I want more and more and more. So it's like finding that really nice dance where you can not feel deprived, but also not be, you know, bombarding your body with massive amounts of sugar and carbs. So can you kind of talk about that fine dance that you need to do?
0: Yeah, I'm with you. You know, my company is Keto Camp and I love keto, but I'm not one of those keto educators who say keto all the time forever. I think there's actually dangers to that. So, yeah, keto flexing is, is my jam right there, and I, I'm a big fan of it. For example, I'll give your audience the 511 rule protocol that I have in my uh, academy. This is actually developed from Dr. Pampa, my mentor, and maybe this will be great for your, your listeners to do this. Um, the 511 rule is as such it's a seven day protocol, so, five days out of the week, you're eating keto less than 50 grams of carbohydrates you're in ketosis you're following your favorite intermittent fasting schedule 168 or 186 for those 5 days one day out of the week you're doing this 24 hour water fast where you're getting more of the autophagy more of the fat sure. loss and then that final day is the keto flex day no car um, excuse me no fasting higher carbs higher protein and you're giving you're not depriving yourself cuz you have that one flex day you could even have two flex days if you want but that 511 rule is a great way to get all the benefits of keto and fasting and autophagy and still all the benefits of not feeling deprived and the mTOR that we spoke about
1: yeah and that's pretty much what i do like 5 days a week i do a five days a week, I do 12 to six. I eat in a six hour eating window. One day I'll do a 24 hour full fast. And then one day it's, I pretty much would say I'm only eating in an eight hour window, maybe nine. It's not like I'm, I'm not eating from, you know, 6 AM to, you know, craziness, but on that day, I'm a lot more lenient. I'm eating, you know, whatever I want on the days that are, I'm 12 to six. I'm not counting every carb. I'm not looking at it. I'm just more carb conscious. I'm just, on those five days, I'm just eating less carbs. I'm eating lots of protein, fat, and veggies, and then just not going crazy on the carbs.
0: I love it. You're already doing it, Chantel. Yeah, awesome.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's so good. Hey, guys, one of the things that will take your weight loss to the next level is coaching. You can either work one-on-one with me or one of our certified private coaches. If you'd like, you can schedule your free call. It's a 10-minute strategy call just to see if coaching is going to really take you to the next level. Don't just take my word for it. Listen to this recent review a happy coaching client sent in. Thanks so much for your help and guidance. I never could have done it without you. The other thing is listening to the audiobook. Listening to the audiobook and getting the video course that I've done. People are seeing dramatic results if you just listen to the audiobook 30 minutes a day, over and over and over again and get the video course. Go to chantalrayway.com and check out the video course. You won't be sorry you did. So as far as any other things that you can say when people are in a rut, like if you said, okay, here's some questions I'm going to ask, like, let's say someone says, look, I, you know, I was, you know, doing so good and now I'm in this rut. What are some more tips that can kind of get them out?
0: Yeah. If you if you're in a rut, it's important to revisit the, the foundations of health. And that really starts with sleep. Uh, sleep. If your sleep is not good, then it doesn't matter how much keto and fasting you do. Sleep is more important than diet and exercise combined. So I would revisit your sleep, make sure your sleep is on point, make sure you're, mo- you're moving around. Movement is another uh, fundamental to health. But then also, it's really uh, what's going on in the inside. Uh, if you have a lot of negativity, negative thoughts and hatefulness with just your thoughts, then it's going to be very difficult to heal. Um, Dr. Will Cole one said you cannot heal a body that you hate well if you have self-hate for yourself it's going to be very difficult to heal if you have hate for other people it's going to be very difficult to heal so i would revisit your gratitude journal i would start a gratitude journal i would practice love and gratitude as as woo-woo as it sounds putting a smile on your face the body begins to heal the moment that you smile the body begins to heal when you practice love and gratitude We have about 60 to 80 thoughts per day, and a lot of people think 90% of the thoughts are the same thoughts from the day before, which are usually negative. So I would advocate and recommend that we start thinking better thoughts. We start thinking thoughts of healing and love and gratitude. And then when you start doing keto and fasting or whatever it is that you're doing, it'll upgrade and you'll get much faster results because you're coming from a place of love and gratitude. So I know a lot of people think that's, um, not a lot of people, but some people think that's woo-woo, but I've seen it really work I say that all
1: the time. Oh my gosh. I'm always like, oh, that's woo-woo. I say not that what you're saying, but I use that term all the time. I'm like, oh, he's a little woo-woo, but.
0: (laughs) Totally. And you know what? If you want to, if you think it's woo-woo and you want to actually put some science behind it, then I would recommend test your your glucose and your ketones and then go before and then go get into an argument with somebody or watch the news and then go test your glucose and ketones again. You're going to see your glucose rise and your ketones drop, not even from eating something, but just from being in a stressful state. So that's what happens in the body. So I would recommend you just revisit your thoughts, revisit the fundamentals of health and make sure those are in order. We build that foundation and then you can start adding a supplement or a block fast or whatever it is that you want to add.
1: I want you to talk a little bit about dry fasting. Have you um, done a lot with it? Have you talked about it at all? And what is your opinion about dry fasting?
0: Yeah, I'm actually about to do a, dry, a 24-hour dry fast with my with my group. Um, I have videos about it. I, I love it. It's a fascinating topic. So there's two types of dry fasting. There is a hard dry fast and a soft dry fast. I'm going to unpack both of them. Okay. A hard dry fast, is the most extreme one it means of course you're not eating you're not drinking but also you're not washing your hands you're not going outside in the rain you're not showering because your body actually could absorb. not brushing
1: your teeth not brushing brushing your teeth
0: teeth. exactly Chantel. yeah no water no contact nothing in the mouth for 20 or whatever length that you want to do it then there's a soft dry fast where you're still not eating food you're still not drinking water but you can take a shower you could uh, wash your hands but you're still not brushing your teeth um, those are the two versions, but the why would somebody want to do it? It sounds extreme well See, seen, I would say
1: that the soft, dry fast does brush their teeth at least too
0: Okay, like, yeah. I agree
1: with you on that, but I would say if you're, if you 're going to do a soft dry fast that that would include brushing your teeth
0: yeah that 's fine yeah. i 'm okay with that that 's yeah. totally fine so those are the two versions and, or three versions, and then you could act so w- why would we want to do it right? It sounds pretty crazy well the body the number one priority for the innate intelligence is survival. So uh, you mentioned earlier, you are uh, of Christian faith. Uh, I am a strong believer in God. I have a strong relationship with God. And I believe that we were designed to thrive. We're designed for greatness. And we are just a masterpiece because we are a piece of the master. And when we deprive ourselves in an extreme way with no water, no food, the body will do whatever it takes to survive. So you could get up to three times the autophagy, up to three times the fat loss with a dry fast versus a water fast, meaning one 24-hour dry fast can be equivalent in autophagy and fat loss to three days of a water fast. So it's a great way to accelerate that. I do recommend you know what you're doing, you have somebody kind of coach you through it and you have guidance, but um, it's a great tool in that shed, especially if somebody is really sick and metabolically damaged, it could do wonders for them as well.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about supplements for just a second. So what supplements, you know, we get this question all the time. People will say, you know, something like, you know, I'm used to taking my vitamins in the morning. Let's say they have supplements and they say, I want to do fasting, but I need to take my supplements in the morning, should I take them in the morning or should I wait till my eating window? If I wait till my eating window, a lot of times I'll forget because I was in the routine of, of having it. So what supplements, A, do you feel like really help you to be able to extend your fast? And two, what is your opinion on when you should take your supplements?
0: Yeah. Great question, Chantel. Well, sea salt for sure. That's not a supplement. I don't know, but sea salt is great. Definitely take it during your fast. You want to replenish the electrolytes that are being lost. Ideally, if you want to get the most from your water fast, we want to avoid taking any supplement during the fast. Now, like you said, that's difficult. You have a schedule and you want to make sure you don't forget. So you could stick with like the minerals. The minerals are great, potassium, magnesium. It's really the supplements that have more of the herbs in it that can actually raise glucose, and maybe slightly knock you out of some autophagy. The goal is to not push the body in any direction. We want the innate innate intelligence to do its thing. So that's why water and sea salt is best. I do utilize two supplements during a fast that actually makes a big difference that does not push your body in any direction. Actually three. Yeah, three. So one of them is Ion, Ion Restore from Dr. Zach Bush, which is a great redox molecule, helps close the tight junctions. You could take that. It doesn't push your body in any direction. Another one is a product called Cytodetox, which helps flush out more toxins from the cells. It does not push your body in any direction. And then the the third one is going to be molecular hydrogen tablets which is a great supplement to have during a fast, by the way, because it actually could help with autophagy. It could help with a headache. It could actually help you um, feel better during a fast. So I use a product called Fast Tonic. And yeah, so that's my answer. If If you can, hold off until you have your eating window to take the majority of your supplements. But if it's the ones that I mentioned, those are okay during a fast.
1: And I'll add those in the show notes as well.
0: Awesome. Awesome.
1: Well, this has been so amazing. Any other things that you want to chime in that we haven't talked about yet? And then I'll let you talk a little bit about your keto camp.
0: Yeah. Do you want me to relate to fasting? Yeah. Okay. So I would, I would say this, that um, let's say somebody is, you know, doing fasting or they're thinking about doing fasting. A lot of it is mental. A lot of it is mm-hmm. uh, psychological. We think, oh my gosh, how am I going to skip a meal? Or how am I going to do a 24-hour fast? The body is incredible. The body knows how to how to switch from burning your sugar reserves, your glycogen stores, to fat stores, and have this metabolic flexibility. It's really more of a mental psych out than anything else. To give you an example, I did a five day water fast last year, and that could be intimidating. It it was for me the first time I did it, and all of it was all built up in my head. It was all, oh my gosh, you know, how is my body going to go five days without food? How am I going to go 24 hours? without food. Well, the Guinness world record is 382 days without food. So put that in perspective. And I would argue this, this gentleman that went 382 days, Angus Burberry, um, he went from 450 pounds down to 180 pounds. He didn't have any food. He just had water and a multivitamin. I would argue this. He didn't eat food in terms of putting food in his mouth, but he was eating his own body fat. Therefore, we have an option. We could get all of our calories, all of our proteins from the plate of food in front of us, from the snacks, the protein bars, the shakes, or we can get it from our butt, our hips, our waist, perfect for your podcast, and our thighs, right? So it is really our choice. Let your body have that flexibility to go back to burning fat, to burning sugar, and that's the way we were designed to be. All 70 trillion cells are designed that way. Trust in the body, trust in the innate intelligence. I have found that knowledge, cures fear. Keep listening to more podcasts like this. The knowledge is going to help you get through it and then have a coach if you want to help kind of guide you through it. But you're amazing. You're a masterpiece and you can do it.
1: Yeah, I'll ask you one last question because I know one other thing is that people with diabetes, I know that people who have type 2 diabetes, they will really kind of go against fasting because they'll say, no, I can't do it mentally, they say. But fasting can actually improve the way your body manages glucose and cut down on insulin resistance. And we have studies from hundreds and thousands of people who had type 2 diabetes with the combination of fasting and some keto. They've been able to reverse their type 2 diabetes. Can you talk about that at all?
0: Yeah. Fasting is the main thing that a type two diabetic needs. I've seen so many clients have gone off insulin and medication, their blood, uh, their blood glucose medication. Now we do want to make sure we're taking caution. You're working with your doctor, you're monitoring. If you're a type two diabetic and you're doing fasting, it's imperative to check your blood glucose and ketones throughout your fast. And you want to see the right trend. You want to see your glucose drop and ketones rise during a fast, but you don't want your glucose to drop too much. So keep in mind when you're taking uh, glucose-reducing medication and you're taking insulin and you're fasting, you might get a hypoglycemic event. So you want to make sure as you get healthier and as you continue to test your glucose, you work with your doctor to start reducing the medication. But it is the one thing that a, di- a type 2 diabetic needs is a proper fasting schedule, working with their doctor, monitoring their, their numbers, and you'll, you, you should be able to get off those beds uh, one day.
1: Awesome. Well, tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you
0: yeah Chantel. so my keto camp podcast would be great uh since this is a podcast you could go and listen to some of my podcasts we put out two new episodes per week we're a top 15 uh podcast here in the united states alternative health category and then if you want to watch a lot of my videos we just uh on my youtube channel the keto camp youtube channel it's camp with a k if you're listening here it's it's a camp with keto camp with the k uh youtube.com keto camp we have a great community on there and then you could just look me up on any social media platform and I'll pop up. Ben is my name on the social media platforms.
1: Awesome. Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: And you guys stay tuned. We have another episode coming up in just a few. Bye-bye for now.